Hey guys, Mark here from ETF Tracker. Welcome to Exchange Traded Fridays, the home of Aussie ETF news. And in this edition, which is our second, we're gonna take a look at the uh, ETF newsletter that we sent out today. So if you are subscribed on etftracker.com.au, which is free, uh, you will be able to get access to, to all of these emails and you'll be able to get access to uh, the Exchange Rated Friday's uh, newsletter and all the insights. There's a forum as well. And in this week's edition, we're going to take a look at what's actually happened over the last uh, week in the world of ETFs, both here and a little bit overseas. So let's get underway. So we can see the newsletter here. Uh, for those of you that are following along on YouTube, you will, you'll be able to see that. If you are listening on the podcast, you will uh, have to just yeah listen in. We'll describe some of the charts and pictures that we're seeing here. But it was a big week. We had a lot of news come out, but also the Tokyo Olympics. So that was great to see the Aussies uh, come out there along with all the others. It was a little bit eerie seeing that you know there's not much in the way of uh, a crowd and spectators, but it's good to see the competition underway. Uh, Australia's coming fifth as we speak. So this is being recorded on Thursday night. Uh, we saw a couple of great gold medals there and a couple of wins from my favorite sport in the basketball, the Boomers. Um, close call against Italy, uh, a very good win against Nigeria. So in terms of uh, watching along, you'll be able to see this on YouTube. There's a link here to last week's episode as well as the Spotify channel as well. And then you can also listen to this podcast on the website. So you might already be doing that. And if you are, that is great. Um, otherwise, yes, Spotify is there. It's coming to Apple soon. It takes a little bit longer. Um, so let's get to the news. So what we've done this week in terms of the weekly wrap is look at articles and split it by local and also global. So the first one off uh, the, the rails here uh, is... Uh, an article from Livewire talking about the mega trends that investors can't ignore. There was a couple of interviews with various portfolio managers and CIOs uh, in there. And if you're not subscribed to Livewire, then make sure that you do. It's free in terms of the resource for retail and, and any kind of investor. And you get some really interesting insights here. So in this article by Glenn Freeman, they talked to a couple of different um professionals in the market. So Chris DeMarcy, Nick Griffin, Stephen Cabot, and Kanish Chug from ETF Securities. So let's just jump down to um, what Kanish had to say since he is in that ETF space. At a high level, he's identified four mega trend buckets being health and healthcare, transformative technology, society and lifestyle, and environment and resources. And what he said is within those, you have more specific mega trends you can focus on. Things like battery technology, or decentralized finance. They're perfect examples of these long-term trends. And to me, inflation and the commodities boom while capturing plenty of attention right now, they're macro themes rather than mega trends. So definitely take a look at this. There's a lot more to explore uh, in that article. So we'll go back. Um, there was also another one on the launch on LinkedIn of Superheroes Super Plays. So that's really great to see from um, John and Wayne and the rest of the team over there. So now um, you can get into ETFs via your superannuation. So definitely check it out. It may be for you, it might not be, but um, it's good to have those options there. So it's really great to see further innovation in the markets. Um, we jump back to the ETF tracker, and one of the things I wanted to highlight was um, the ETF tracker forum. So this week we saw a lot of um, negativity across Asia, especially from the Chinese uh, kind of tech players. There's a chart here 
in the newsletter that you can see on screen, which talks about, um, well, it shows the performance on a one month basis of Chinese exposed uh, ETFs. So there's stuff from VanEck, BetaShares and iShares in there, and they're all down um, over the one month basis. And this was done yesterday. So it might've updated from today. Um, I know Asia was up a little bit today. Uh, but still, you know, it has had that kind of negative news. So I'm going to the ETF tracker forum when I click on that link. Um, and this was an article that we wrote uh, the day ago. So we looked at the ones that were underperforming and we've got some charts there for that. We also took uh, a look at some of the companies that are within one of those big names, Asia, and that would be the Tencent, Alibaba, Meituan uh, and Pinduoduo, which are some of the Chinese exposed, uh, the biggest holdings there. The biggest holding overall is Taiwan Semiconductor at 11%. But just for some of those holdings, we took a look at what the comparisons were on that one month basis. And then we took a look at what were some of the other um, Asian uh, region ETFs that you can trade here in Australia uh, and how did they perform? And they look a little bit better um, compared to what happened with those that are Chinese exposed. So we're looking at um, stuff that's exposed to India. So IIND or NDIA. Um, there's a beta shares Japan play as well. So things like that have done better. And there's also a Korean uh, exposed ETF, IKO. So definitely check those out. So it was on the ETF tracker forum. So the next article, uh, we'll take a look at the ETF tracker uh, in this case, it's the blog. So this is an article titled Follow the Inflows. And we're talking about net inflows here. And uh, what we took a look at was the data up until June 2021, because uh, when we do the monthly updates, we get the ASX results first. And because that's the majority, we can do uh, a lot of um, good insights from that information on its own. But we get ChiX results a little bit later. So we were able to see how much further that added um, to the market in terms of performance, in terms of uh, assets under management as well. And what we saw was that um, as of uh, June um, 2021, there's 166 equity ETFs, uh, 72 non-equity ones and most of the money goes into those equity names so a chart that we're looking at here this is called a ribbon chart for those of you that can see this and on the podcast um you you'll be able to see this when you take a look at the newsletter what we do see is that most of the inflows month to month um, and we're looking at january 2021 going to june 2021 um most of that goes into global equity as well as Australian equity. Although we did see that Australian equity dropped off in the months of May and June. Um, there might've been sell-off and other uh, kind of reasons there, but definitely dropped off much more than in previous months. But still for the first half of 2021, most of those flows are in equity, uh, Australian equity global. And if we take that out, if we take those uh, big names out so that we can see um, what the other categories look like, because they look so small when you put them all onto one chart. But when you take out Equity Global and Equity Australia, you see a lot more detail. And what we can see is that there was actually negative flows in the month of June and May into cash and currency type ETFs. And fixed income is the place that, and mixed asset are, are the ones that actually do really well um, in the other bucket. So if it's non-equity global or equity uh, Australia. So that's on the uh, ETF tracker uh, blog. So take a look at that. 
Then we jump to another couple of articles. So this one is from Money Management, looking at uh, what happened in the first half of the year and also what's going to happen uh, next in terms of uh, forecast from some of the people that uh, work in the market. So they focus uh, on what was happening since last year to June um, 2021. So that's from July. And it was about 20, between 25 to 30% returns in terms of the ASX 200. We had the COVID-19 pandemic, of course, and vaccine development. There were big news articles there, as well as the Reserve Bank um, cutting rates multiple times and eventually setting the record low rate of 0.1% um, in expectation of high unemployment numbers. So there's a bit of talk there about some of the other things that happened um, during the year. And then there's also a chart that they show, which is the performance of the best and worst sectors versus the ASX 200 over a one-year basis to uh, 30 June 2021. And most of these perform well. There is only one of those sectors. So that all the sectors are consumer discretionary, financials, infotech, um, and there's also utilities uh, here as well. So utilities is the one that hasn't performed as well compared to the ASX 200 on its own. It's actually underperformed um, all of the rest. So it's down nearly 20%. Uh, so definitely something to look at there. Now, in terms of the year ahead, uh, the uh, the people at Money Management have interviewed uh, a couple of um, some fund managers and managing directors here. So. For example, we'll start off with Stephen Ralph over at LaSalle Investment Management. And he said that it depends on the company. Firms will largely move to hybrid working, but others uh, will need to be there five days a week. So he's been asked about um, what is the prospects for Australia going forward in terms of the working kind of environment. He also says that offices have the longest leases in the industry, so that's gonna have to be uh, worked through. The tenant is definitely in the better position than the landlord. There is space up for grabs at flexible prices. Um, I can attest to that. I've been looking at office space in Barangaroo and some other areas there, and uh, prices are quite good for, for the tenants. It's just that we're in lockdown here in Sydney, so we can't really do anything. Uh, we jump over to Anthony Doyle, a cross-asset spe specialist at Fidelity, and he said that thematics are being challenged in 2021. It will be very uncertain and will be uh, difficult to analyze as a lot of good news is already priced in. The next six months especially will be difficult. Before lockdown, we are pretty much back to normal, but now we are in a different scenario. Maybe the last six months will be as good as it gets. So definitely something to look at there. And we jump over to Stephen Bruce, uh, Senior Portfolio Manager at Perennial Value Asset Management. He said that we are overweight cyclicals, but not dramatically so. We think they can do well. Highly valued stocks will struggle, and so will defensive ones, which see a lack of growth. Bond yields will put pressure on defensive sectors and very expensive sectors. So that's an interesting one to, to look at as well. So. If you are interested in these views about what has happened and what's the next year ahead, definitely check out this article from Money Management. Let's jump over to Best ETFs. And this article is one on their one ETF worth a spot in any portfolio. And they are talking about Moat, M-O-A-T. So this is an ETF um, that the holdings are actually chosen by Morningstar. So even though this is a Van Eck uh, Vectors ETF, the full name is Van Eck Vectors Morningstar Wide Moat ETF. So there's 48 positions in this portfolio 
And there's two main factors that um, they look at to decide whether a business makes it into this portfolio. So the first one is about investing with a high conviction, wide moat US equity strategy. So that's where there is a focus on quality US companies that Morningstar believes possess sustainable competitive advantages or wide economic moats. Now, the second one that they look at is that the shares must be at attractive valuations. So if, if there is... Uh, you know, really interesting um, and positive uh, metrics that are coming out that describe this as a sustainable company and it's got a wide economic, economic moat. But if it's highly, highly or overly valued, uh, that's not going to look good for this one. So they're not going to pick that one. So VanX says the ETF target companies trading at attractive prices relative to Morningstar's estimate of fair value are the ones that make it into this. So definitely something to look at. Um, so this is from best ETFs, just describing moats. So that's uh, something interesting there. We'll jump over to Acumen, which is another local ETF provider. Um, and in this article here, they're looking, it's called looking for underperformers. And what they've done is they've looked for ETFs that have underperformed in the past six to 12 months. And they've made a list of the 20 worst performing ETFs over the past six months listed on the ASX. And they filtered out a couple of things like fixed income, short funds, geared funds, new funds, and currency funds. Um, I have also filtered, sorry, Jonathan's uh, the art, article author here has said that he's filtered out those funds that have returned more than 25% for the full year. Um, so, you know, for those ones, it's hard to say that they're underperformers. And what he's then looked at is what those ones are, what are the top 20 amongst that group and what's the potential performance for them going forward? Is that gonna be that mean reversion kind of trade? Um, what kind of sectors are they in like resources? And um, what he's found is there's some that are in resources, there's biotech, so Cure is another one, all those healthcare type ETFs. There's also VAE, IZZ, um, Asia X Japan ETF or the China large cap. And there's MVR, which is that resources type place. So, they're not recommendations, he says, but um, definitely ones to keep an eye out for if you are looking for those kind of market turnarounds and definitely got to do your own research on that or read some good research as well and um, make your plays wisely. And then we jump over to the global. So taking a look at some global articles. So the Financial Times, they've got this one on the ex-chair of the world's biggest pension fund, sounds a caution on ESG. Now, with this Financial Times one, you, you do need to be signed up to the Financial Times, but this is a free article. So you can sign up to the Fin Times, um, but I'm not a paying member at this point in time, um, but I can read this article. Uh, some of the articles, they do let you do that, um, but there are the paid for restricted articles that you can't get access to. But in this one, they talk to IG Hirano. Um, he used to work for GPIF, which is the government pension investment fund and um, the issue that they saw here was that uh, according to the law under the gpif um, under which gpif operates it must invest with the sole purpose of benefiting japanese citizens through the returns generated so they're well aware of that obligation but the question is on esg and whether um, a move towards esg which what they've done over the last couple of years does that really fit um, with their investing style if the mandate means that they need to make money for their investors. And if ESG type stocks are not returning well, then what does that mean? Um, is this still gonna be financially relevant there? So it's a, a medium-sized kind of article, but definitely worth a read if you are interested in that ESG type narrative. 
Um, so definitely take a look at that. We jump to Bitcoin here, and this is a shorter article um, from Coinbase uh, entitled SEC Commissioner Concerned About the US Lagging Behind Global Bitcoin ETFs. So in this one, um, once it loads, they talk to SEC Commissioner Hester Pierce. And one of the, the key quotes that they highlight was that Hester says, I would never have imagined that I would be in this situation where we would not have yet approved one, one being a Bitcoin uh, or crypto ETF, and other countries are moving ahead. So she mentions her concern that US regulators could be overstepping their remit by forcing the local crypto industry to play a separate set of rules than everyone else. So she says that they're not a merit regulator. So we shouldn't be in the business of deciding whether something is good or bad. An investor is thinking of their entire portfolio and sometimes we're thinking in one-off terms of a particular product standing on its own and we forget that people are building portfolios. So it sounds like good signs there. There's been a lot of delays in the world of um, the the Bitcoin or crypto ETFs in the US market. Canada had the first ones. Um, Australia is already in talks to, to do stuff there. So who knows uh, who will come first, USA or Australia. But later on in the newsletter, you'll see that there are quite a few, uh, a, well, a few pending approvals. There's been a lot of applications for Bitcoin style ETFs. And we'll show you a chart later on in the, uh, the newsletter. So the next one is uh, a quirk in the ETF market. So this is AMC gets low price tag in new ETF hit by indexing quirks. This is an article from Yahoo Finance, which you can access uh, for free. So coming back to those ones, I do try to make uh, the articles that are here, um, the ones that you don't have to get behind a paywall. And like I said, yes, the, the Financial Times one, you do have to sign up to be able to get access to that, but it is free um, otherwise. So. In this case here, AMC gets low price tag and new ETF hit by indexing quirk. And what's happened is that AMC um, Holdings, one of these meme stocks, uh, along with GameStop and quite a few other kind of names, it was listed in the direction low price stock ETF. The ticker is LOPX that you can trade overseas. So it's not here on the Australian markets. This is a global one. Um, but it is in that uh, ETF because it, is one of those low price stocks. When you look at the other holdings in the ETF, they're all at that low price. But given the rise of AMC Holdings, and it's currently pricier than about 90% of the S&P 500, it's yet to exit um, this cheap shares uh, stock um, ETF. And so because of that, it now accounts for almost 7% of that ETF. So it's overweight on that. So you can have quirks like this because these ETFs, they don't rebalance until um, later this year. So this uh, most indexes rebalance quarterly or semi-annually. So you have to wait until this direction low price stock ETF actually rebalances before AMC gets taken out and doesn't take up so much of the holdings. So ETFs are great, but you definitely have to look out for things like this. This doesn't affect um, ASX and CHI-X ETFs, but there are investors that are probably looking at um, ETFs like this and can get access here in Australia via um, other kind of share trading platforms and, and retail brokerages. So definitely something to look at that is a quirk and it's unlikely when that we're you know not gonna see more of these types of quirks going forward, especially with meme stocks being so popular. Now we jump to the videos and this was a bit of a bumper week. Um, last week I listed a couple of Ausbiz and some other videos here. 
Uh, I didn't list last week what the um, the time frames were for those videos, so the duration. So now you can see that duration um, by uh, the in bold after all these videos. So they're all between three, five, seven minutes. Some are a little bit longer at 16 and 28 minutes. Uh, and this week we're actually adding um, some description about what's in these videos. So the first one here, and most of these are from Ausbiz, which is a great um, kind of network, and we get to talk on there from time to time. Um, the first one, and we're going in reverse uh, chronological order. So this was actually from today, this afternoon. So crystal ball gazing. So this was an episode with Megan Victor from State Street looking where ETS are likely going in their next 20 years. Um, they... It, Basically, uh, I think it's next month or not long from now, it will be 20 years since ETFs came to Australia. So since State Street launched um, the first ETF, SPY, uh, back in uh, 1993, well, it's SPY, it's under State Street now. Um, what are the next 20 years going to be? And she says that things like doubling in size and new products likely coming to market. So definitely check that one out. And then we also had Kanish from ETF Securities. And he was looking at how investors can play cybersecurity and the broader technology play. So ETF securities have that with tech, T-E-C-H. So he talks about that and some of the holdings that are in there. Yesterday, we had a couple in the first one. It was the robots uh, coming to help retail investors make their first trade. So in that episode, Alex Dunnan from the Rainmaker Group um, chatted with uh, uh, Nadine about Robo advice and the benefits to investors getting started, whether it's ETFs or other investments and the efficient exposure to investing that they offer. So definitely something to, to take a look at. That's seven minutes. And then there was another one called Peak Peak. So not yet for old oil ETFs. So this was a episode looking at laggards and the potential upside in markets, given that markets appear to be at their peaks. So have we hit our peaks or is there further to go? Um, not for all. And you know, you, you hear about um, the markets going up, the markets going down. Uh, there's a lot of movement beneath that headline number. So definitely something worth uh, looking at. It's not just for equities, but it also is for ETFs. In the middle of the week on the 26th, we also took a look at an episode from the Equity Mates crew. And it was report season is, sorry, reporting season is coming. Here's all you need to know. And in this episode, we had Alec and Bryce talking about earnings and not just their expectations, but also the expectations of various experts in the market um, to see what they're watching. So definitely take a look at that. That's a bit longer at 16 minutes. Then there was a, a half hour one, 28 minutes, um, talking about Bitcoin ETFs and the races heating up in the US. So this is the new, um, the new joint venture with uh, Forecast News and they look at a lot of bitcoin related news and the host angie lau spoke with leah wald of valkyrie um, who are looking to create their own a bitcoin etf so definitely worth a watch uh, also on that day there was an investor uh, sorry there was a market update from the ceo of superhero john winters and he was talking about what's being traded on their platform such as the pop most popular um, type of names and it was ndq for that week and also what's being traded um, in different sectors. So what are the different sectors? What are the most popular kind of names there? So definitely check that out if you wanna see what movements were. Uh, and then we jump to uh, the compounds. So that was uh, also uh, yesterday. So the compound on the 28th of July. So the compound is from Rifehold's Wealth 
management. So Josh Brown and Michael Batnick, um, they come up with their weekly and it's definitely worth listening to if you are interested in US and global markets. And this episode was titled, Why is China Crashing Its Own Market? And they speak about the self-sabotage in China that seems to be happening, toppiness across trend sectors and more on the value trade as well as other topics. That is a little bit lengthier, um, a little bit longer. It is 41 minutes, so uh, you could probably put that on while you're cooking or maybe when you're on your walk, your daily walk, um, if you are in this lockdown and um, hopefully you're getting some exercise out there. But that's definitely one of the ones that I would listen to, you know, on a longer kind of walk. Uh, I have YouTube Premium that I pay for extra so that I can watch a YouTube um, channel, um, but have it in my pocket. I don't have to have the screen open. So that's definitely something worth looking at. And then we also um, look at some podcasts from Equity Mates. There was also ETF Edge and Shares for Beginners. Now we take a look at some data. Um, each week there is a great um, ETF monitor from ETF Securities. They call it ETF Monitor. And this was the ETF Monitor for the week ending the 23rd of July. So it comes out on the Tuesday or late Monday um, and it is for the week before. And so they have their highlights here as to you know what happened, but you can actually click on download the monitor that downloads a PDF. And when you open it up, you have a couple of different tables here. So it's very table heavy, but a lot of good insights out of this. So the top three tables are performance monitors. After that, they look at flows and then trading volume. And then on the next page, um, it's just to focus on ETF securities um, funds. So in terms of performance over the last one week, the best in class was LNAS, LNAS, that's the ETF securities, ultra long NASDAQ 100 hedge fund that was up 6.8%. After that, it was BetaShares Global Cyber Security ETF hack. Um, it's a great name and ETFs have great names, right? So if, if you're um, creating an ETF for a particular theme, uh, those tickers do give you a lot of good idea about what is in that. So that was up 5.6% followed by another great name and a, another trend um, thematic ETF in the BetaShares Cloud Computing ETF, CLDD Cloud. So that was up 4.5%. And in terms of the flows, the most flows went into iShares Core S&P 500 ETF, IVV. That was 38.5 million last week. And then after that was the BetaShares NASDAQ 100, NDQ 25.5 million, and then ETF Securities Physical Gold, which is GOLD, that had nearly 21 million in inflows for the week. So once all those numbers uh, come out and the ASX has crunched that, uh, that'll be in the first couple of weeks of August, we'll be able to update ETF Tracker to see what the monthly trends were for July. So definitely something worth looking at. Now uh, we get to the tweet of the week. And in this case, it's from James Seifert. He looks at all the Bitcoin crypto related ETFs that have been applied for in the US. And there are just a few. Um, there's actually quite a few. So there's some different names here, such as the Winklevoss Bitcoin Shares ETF, the Bitcoin Investment Trust from Grayscale, SolidX Bitcoin Trust, Ether Index Ether Trust, VanX SolidX Bitcoin Trust, there's uh, over 40 names, I think, here when I counted this, and they split it up into two uh, categories. So those categories are the physically backed um, Bitcoin type ETFs, and then there's, sorry, crypto ETFs, of course. And then there's also the derivatives based um, ETFs. So those that are synthetically uh, created. And the good thing about this table here is that it's got the issuer, the company, 
um, the filing date, and that's important so you can see um, when some of these ETFs were, uh, were filed. And then there's also the 19B4 um, date, and that's the date when that form has been lodged. They also take a look at replication strategy. So is this coin-based or treasury and coin-based or is it futures and derivatives-based? So definitely worth noting because not all ETFs are created the same. And then also the status. So some of these have already been denied, some have expired, uh, some have been withdrawn for now and some others have been approved. So um, it's a matter of when they will get to list. So definitely take a look at that one there. Now we jump to the chart of the week and each week we're gonna take a look at something interesting in terms of the ETF markets. And as I mentioned at the start of this episode, when we did the uh, June 2021 update that we did on Ausbiz, we spoke about on Equity Mates, we were in Livewire talking about it there as well. The market had grown up to 113.5 billion, which was 73% growth year on year, but we were still waiting on the Chi-X numbers. And with those now, the final June figures are 115.7 billion. So that prediction that we had of the market getting to 120 billion by the end of 2021 looks pretty safe when you consider that over a billion dollars is going into the ETF markets each month when we take a look at the flows. So the other thing about um, Exchange Traded Fridays is we're going to throw in at the end of these um, newsletters some further details about uh, some ETF education you can take a look at. And this week, we're gonna take a look at leveraged um, ETFs. So there's an article here from Investopedia that you can read, and there's a lot of great information from Investopedia. So I'll just open that up in another tab. But the reason I wanna talk about, um, or I want people to take a look at uh, geared and leveraged type plays is because there's a lot of, um, and probably growing um, number of ETFs in Australia that have that kind of status. So some of the names that come off the top of my head are Gear, Elnaz, BBUS, BBOZ, and Bear. So these are all geared and leveraged for the US and Australia. When you take a look at what's on Investopedia, we're just on that page right now, they'll talk about what is a leveraged ETF. They've got some great takeaways at the start. Here, they explain the leveraged ETFs in more detail, the leverage, in leverage ETF, so what does that mean and how does that happen? What are the costs of leverage? They take a look at leverage ETFs as short-term investments, the pros and also the cons, and then also real-world examples, real-world examples of a leverage ETF and some other sources of information here. So that's on uh, Investopedia, so definitely take a look at that. And uh, at the end of this, you can see the ETF tracker, there's a link back to that. You can also take a look at the ETF Tracker Forum. And then we're on the socials. So we've probably got more socials than we can handle right now, but currently we've got YouTube and Spotify. We've always had the YouTube channel, but we've um, just more recently started uploading more videos to that, as well as this recording and run through of the ETF Tracker Exchange Traded Fridays newsletter. We recently launched our Spotify channel. So for those of you that are on Spotify, look up Exchange Traded Fridays and you will find us. If you look up ETF Tracker on Instagram, we post there as well. Um, so we do the whole post thing and some stories sometimes. And uh, we also do Twitter from time to time, although a little bit less so. And then we have a few videos on TikTok, a very, very small following um, on there and a bit more fun in terms of the videos, but we're definitely there trying to grow that. It's a bit of a hedge bet. Um, and then we're also on LinkedIn. So for uh, anyone that's on LinkedIn, if you wanna follow us along there, we post there from time to time. Now, if you take a look at this, this is kind of like my portfolio 
of um, hedge diversified plays in the social media space. So we'll see how that goes, right? Um, so that's it. And uh, if you have any questions or if you've got ideas for what you wanna see out of Exchange Traded Fridays, or if you've got requests, we've had a few requests come through to review portfolios. So when you go to the ETF tracker uh, forum, you'll be able to see some of those portfolios that we have taken a look at. And it is obviously general advice. We're not financial advisors, so we can't tell you exactly you know, what you need to do. There's your own kind of context and situation there. But with ETF tracker, we can take a look at what the data is saying quite quickly and be able to tell you some interesting things about what's going on um, with certain ETFs that you might be looking at or you might already be holding. So that's it. That's Exchange Traded Fridays. This is issue two for July 30th, 2021. I'm Mark. Thanks very much and happy investing.